Hello and welcome to We Welcome Your Teams, a podcast about one of the most unique jobs in sport, football stadium announcers. He said, although Billy was proposing to the love of his life through his jewellery, Billy's wife has been on to me this morning and isn't very happy. I'm dying to be immortalised in FIFA. He was like, read his name out then as if he's coming on as a substitute. Oh yeah, it is you. So I've gone absolutely massive for this announcement and then to see it get chalked off by VAR. And the police said, stop this now. The roof of the North Bank was swaying. He said, it's not just getting beat, but they played Captain Bloody Pugwash as well. Uh, a very warm welcome to you again and welcome to uh, We Welcome Your Teams, our podcast about stadium announcers, where this week we are joined by Gary Sinclair from Sheffield United. Hello, Gary. Greetings. Bonjour. Here he is. And as always, alongside me is the voice of Old Trafford, Mr. Alan Keegan. Good evening, gentlemen. It's a pleasure to be here in such distinguished company. Oh, said with such disdain as well, and he's not messing around, is he? Gary, how many years have you been the man on the mic at Sheffield United? Uh, 27. 27 years. There, yeah. there, there, there is a league table somewhere, you know, and I don't know why we haven't started one already, but that, that's the Champions League spot straight away, I think. I, yeah, I, I reckon I'm third. I, I think... Uh, it's Peter Brentford, bless him, uh, who's been doing it since footballs was invented. 1857, I think yeah, he started. Something like that. <laughs> and then uh, our lovely mate, George, who, who I have never met. He's on my wish list. I need to meet George at Liverpool. At Liverpool, yeah. I, 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 I just, well, I'll tell you something from, from the episode we did with him. It's one of those where, even if you don't know what he looks like, when you're in the room with him, you'll know pretty quickly. <laughs> I've got him a, a, a vision of him looking like John Peel. <laughs> I, was I reckon in my it's, I was doing a rough calculation. I think it's about six hundred and seventy-five matches, if you include friendlies and all the other matches we've had thrown in and mm-hmm. internationals and bits. So yeah, it's not, not a bad, bad record, mate. Not a bad record. So take us back to the beginning. Then, how did you end up getting the job? Well, I, I followed a guy called Ian Ramsey, who started in 1963, and to Ian's eternal credit, he came up with the phrase, beautiful downtown Bramall Lane. Now, I, I could live to be 105, and I'll never come up with anything as good as that. So uh, I, it's a phrase that lives on forever. I, you know. Uh, so Ian did it for 30 years and then hung up his microphone in 1993. And at the back end, I, I was asked, because I was always the club DJ. I opened the uh, function suite in 1981. So 40 years, I, I was just reminded, we've not done a celebration dinner for that. Uh, <laughs> and so my 40-odd years, uh, before that, we had a cricket pavilion, if you remember. Bramall Lane had a c- cricket ground as well. So there's a quaint old pavilion, and I, I DJed in there. <laughs> in the late 70s before it got demolished. And my, my love affair with Sheffield United goes, goes back to uh, early 60s. I, I lived about a three wood away from the ground. And 
we always used to like five year olds sneaking at half time because then you could just walk around the ground in those days, and and it just became my club. And, and my my uncle was the postman, so he got VIP tickets when the Bramall Lane stand was open. So that was like something else, you know, sat down that never been done before. Uh, and my love affair through the teens with the. Um, 71, 72 squad that got promotion, the Tony Curry, the Len Badges, the Ted Emsleys. And never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that all these years later they would become my closest friends. I mean, Tony Curry is in my phone as God. And, and uh, he, he just is the most amazing guy. And, and I used to just like just honour him in, you know, on the cop. And, and I, I can't believe it, you know, now we've become such good friends. And so I lived through the glory years. Then when I started my DJ career, uh, I never in the wildest dreams imagined anything. Uh, well, I never thought I'd ever get on radio or, you know, they, they, you start as a humble mobile DJ uh, with 125 records that you bought from ex jukebox sales in the days when they were in record shops. And, uh, from humble beginnings, I just grew a DJ business. I acquired the contract. I was the sort of natural choice to be sort of, I'd done one gig in the executive suite when it opened. They just said, look, you'd be our resident. And so I got all the players' gigs. I've got all the supporters' club gigs that I've done now for 37 years nonstop. Uh, and I became the sort of uh, DJ known at the club. Now, when Ian... Uh, Sort of, had, had sort of part had enough and they, they wanted a change and, and I, I, I was lucky enough to be the natural choice I think and, and they asked me to do a Tuesday night take uh, take half a dozen records hey, records in them days hey Rich come on oh, bit vinyl oh, nothing wrong with that there's a collection here that I love but I wouldn't yeah. take anywhere near my workplace blimmin eh? no in a DJ box that's like the size of a wardrobe yeah so I struggle carrying like, my iPad into work now <laughs> can you remember foul decks they were there so this twin deck player and it was like walking into a museum because he had never spent any money and I said and, you know, CDs have been invented. Yeah, we play records, you know. So uh, uh, so I, I, I took, it was a Man City Tuesday night match. And he said, here's the mic, see, see what you think. And I just, I was hooked. Just uh, to look out onto the crowd and think, you know, people are actually listening to you. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so then, uh, yeah. Then the following season, it's yours, Kaz. And, and, and uh, bless him, uh, in the early days, for a couple of seasons, I had a co-host, uh, Dave Kilner, who uh, we, we did it like a, a radio link, you know. He, he stood pitch side and he came out of the platinum suite about five to three. Over pitch side now, Dave, read the teams out. And I'd done all the pre-match entertainment. I did all the hard time, but he, he read the teams out because uh, he was on Hallam FM at the time. And uh, he says, I'm going back into the Platinum Suite. I'm quite happy there doing all the executive announcements. So it's yours. So, And then the following season, he says, guys, we, we want you on the pitch. You know, let's make use of your presence and, and we want to see you. And, and oh, it was just like, go for it. And I, I, I was all over the cop. I went and sat next to people. I'm interviewing fans. And I was like... 
Annika Rice in a football ground. I was like, <laughs> challenge Gaz. Oh my God, where's he going next? What's he going to say oh, next? And then we had, uh, we had a, you, you must have had a, you must have half time draws unless you're a very wealthy club, Alan. And <laughs> oh, our, oh. our half time draws, I tell you. How long did that take? About about four and a half minutes. <laughs> we used to have a tumbler. We used to have a tumbler full of ping pong balls. <laughs> Anybody, any celebrities or former players, they said, you got roped in at half time. He said, come here, you're doing the half time super draws. Three compartments, it's not difficult, but you take a ping pong ball out of each and I read the number out. Number of people just put ball back before I'd even read it or whatever. And then it, there was the sort of celebrity interview at half time. And uh, ping pong balls in them days. Hey, wow! And and so, and, and fast forward to now. Then fast forward to, to here we are, almost thirty years later. How different is what you do now? I'm guessing no more ping pong balls. Uh, no ping. Sadly, I, I do refer to them every now and again because yeah, they were good old days. Yeah. You know when when I first started watching football matches, there was a man with a little brown arm. Uh, Overcoat used to come out and change the scores at half time. So that's, you know, when you'd go and watch the reserve matches and that's the way you'd know a, a nil one had come up and there'd be a massive cheer. Now everybody knows what's happened instantly. The, the you know, the, the, the information at your, your hands now and, and uh, it, technology has taken over and, and with VAR in the Premier League, Alan. Um, yes. We yes. said goodbye to that, obviously, just temporarily. But oh, everything okay. now, and and the uh, I'm, I'm sat in the director's box. I've got a TV screen in front of me, thinking, "Oh wow, this is." Uh, I'll, I'll settle for this. Thank you very much. And I, I now I sit in the director's box. We, I have a, a studio engineer who I communicate with via walkie-talkie, and I just dash dish instructions out and ask for countdown how long's left of adverts commercials i look at the script i change all the spelling mistakes and all the errors and and then just uh waffle my way through like i'm doing today <laughs> you've made a living out of it gary I, do you know what my it's funny you should say that i am in the process of writing a book but my my book title, so I'm registering it before any of you lot nick it. <laughs> my book title is Living on Added Time. Oh, oh, oh very nice. You like it? Yeah, I'm having that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> quickly. Yeah, just just let me get onto domain.com while you're doing this <laughs> yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because, I, you know, I, it's... Um, of all, you know, the matches and, and, and you know, you've have I ever missed one? Uh, of the 675-ish, you know, it might be near seven, I don't know, I've missed 10. Oh. And uh, I had a stroke uh, 12 years ago. Uh, and I missed five matches then. Uh, and then I missed two for the Ryder Cup because I was in... Uh, the miracle of Medina. Oh, yeah. uh, I was oh. watching. I was there. Oh, I love my. I love my golf. I, I love it. Uh, and Rich, it, to be there at Medina was just like uh, John Inverdale was there, and he says, "Guys, what are you doing here? Said, <laughs> You're playing Notts County today." I said, "Yeah, that's why I'm here." Yeah. I says, <laughs> and he says, "Will he do a little interview?" 
And he says, yeah, go on. And so next thing I'm on, I'm Radio 5 Live. And I then... Sky Sports decided to pick me out of all the people sat having a beer on this 17th green. And next minute, my phone's going crackers. And my standing, this is funny, this, it, it, my standing, he says, guys, I, I says, well, listen, while I'm away, just just ask Raggy, stand at the side of the platinum suite and ask me mate, one of my best mates, Raggy, if you're in doubt, ask him. So we score a goal, and he says, oh, I missed, who scored? And he turned around to Reggie, he says, who scored, please? And he went, Eddie Cologne. Well, Eddie Cologne last played for us in 1972. <laughs> Sorry. He's just about to score for the Blades, and he looked down at us, he says, there's nobody called Eddie Cologne. <laughs> <laughs> Blackman's the score. Oh, okay, right there. Right. Um, uh, oh, bless him. man. We, 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 we have talked about, all of us, about the times we've had to miss games. And, you know, they, like we say, they've been few and far between, you know, for, for yeah. various reasons. Some we can help, some you couldn't, obviously. But how, how was it? Obviously, you loved the golf and, and being there, so it wasn't like it was somewhere you had to be instead. It wasn't like you were forced to be at a family wedding or anything else like that, because we've had that before. But My son lived in Chicago. Oh, okay. So that was all right. It was all, it was all right. One of my best mates is a golf pro, and he just says, Gaza can't get any accommodation in Chicago. Does your lad still live there? I says, Yeah. I says, I've only just come back. I've been there in July for his 30th. And, 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 he, and he says, Well, if you can get the accommodation, I'll sort us out with Callaway Hospitality. I've got all the tickets, the golden tickets. He says, You'll be mixing with all the you know, players and everything. I says, <laughs> So I rang my son and I said, uh, Ben, I'm coming back. <laughs> I said, get the top room. So, so off we went. And, and obviously, memorable experience. But, you know. And, and was it how much of a tiny bit of you was missing being at the game? How many elements? None. I, it, that was something. That was golf magic. I mean, we got spanked this weekend. But, I mean, the class of the Americans. I mean, it, I, I could have predicted that, but you, you've got to admit, I, I absolutely love golf. Yeah, fair so. enough. Fair enough. Nothing wrong with that. So, um, I mean, it's going to be a tough one here, but but uh, through all those those years uh, of doing it, which what, what memories do you still hold dearest? Which what you know, what what experiences of the job given you the best best moments and experience that the job's given you in all this time? The best match. Uh, I've seen two fan, two standout matches, uh, and they both got me to trouble. <laughs> uh, the Nottingham Forest playoff semi-final, and uh, when we played Aston Villa, and we, we were tanking them three 0 at half time. So uh, uh, the, the Nottingham Forest won. We were two 0 down. And then we got it back to 2-2 two, two, two and Pescalito scores and a goal. Oh, my God, oh, my God. And he's running around with his shirt. And then 3-2, uh, we were in the lead. And then Des Walker scored a magnificent own goal for, for you know. So normally, you, you, I don't know what you guys do with no, own goals. I try and make a joke about it. I just say own goal, name to score, and then just go, thank you. And, and just <laughs> put it on. <laughs> but this... This time, I just went, yeah, it, it put us 4-2 in the lead and, and guaranteed Wembley. And I just, goal scorer for the Blades, number four, Des Walker. And, and like, um, 
I guess it directs his boss after the match. <laughs> the uh, finance director then at Texas. Gary, that's the most stupid comment I've ever heard you say. He says, I've had to apologise to all the Nottingham Forest contingent. <sighs> I'm sorry. And then just at that time, Kevin McCabe walked past the owner of the club. He says, Gat, I've never laughed so much. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and I just looked at this other director and said, you can't win them all, can you? Come but, on, mate. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, you might be pulling the purse strings, but look, the man at the top it, loves it. Yeah. Honestly, it was brilliant. We, we um, own goals is we, it's come up so many times you know we we uh, until recently i don't feel like well, i'm sure we did but we didn't really have a policy at west brom it happened a couple of times at west brom and literally all of us on the bench were just sitting there going what do we do we just announce the score and go thank you always gets a laugh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i don't know we haven't have you, have you had any ogs this season now have you had any OGs? Well, no, we're a bit on the fence on them ones. If it's an own goal, um, we don't announce it. However, yeah. when I used to be sort of in the red zone or in the middle of the dugouts, Mickey Phelan always wanted me to announce it. He'd always say, announce it, you know, that they've scored an own goal, you know. But I never I never got the, the message from upstairs yeah. to say, yeah, announce it. So when it's an own goal, um, we, just give the score we say nothing on we, we, we give the score out now. We just say goal for the Albion and it's 1-0 to the Baggies or something like that or 2-1 to the Baggies. Isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't get a laugh though, does it? But it doesn't, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no. Really want to no I, I, I might try that one at the next game. And the Villa game. Go no, on, the Villa game. In the pre- we, we were tanking Aston Villa on the way up and we were 3-0 up at and we played some of the most... I think to this day, it's the best 45 minutes football I've ever seen a Sheffield United team play. It was magnificent. We, Villa couldn't get the ball. We were 3-0 up. So the, the um, fourth official holds the board up with the number two on it. And one word got me into so much trouble. Because I just said, unfortunately, there's only two minutes left of this half. <laughs> <laughs> And it was paying homage to Chris Wilder and the team. And 27, 28,000 just were, they knew exactly what I was getting at. So halfway through the second half, I get a message, my phone bleeps. Chris Wilder wants to see you in his office after the match. I thought, I bet that's not for a Peroni. I got led into his office after the match and, and uh, he went there. I'd sit down. So I'll just sit down. I thought, I'll not help myself to a beer because that might be. Me and Chris go back 30 odd years. Anyway, he come in with a face like thunder. I says, What's up? He says, Gaz, I love you, Gaz. I, you know, put a few explicit. I love you, Gaz, but oh, Gaz, that. Comment. He says, I've had to apologise to Steve Bruce. I says, what for? I says, we don't owe him any apologies. I says, he walked out on us. I says, uh, no, I says, uh, I says, it was, uh, you know, it wasn't rude. or It, it was paying homage to the best 45 minutes football ever. I says, uh, he says oh, just, just don't do it again. Do you want a beer? Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, he shot he shot off, and then he had to uh, he went he went to his press conference, uh, and nobody had have said a word about it apart from one, I think, apprentice journalist from Villa went, 
what did you think about your cheeky DJ? And, and excuse the accent. That's <laughs> pretty good. And pretty good. He says, well, I won Birmingham the DJ of the year, 1995. I'll just put that in there. And I, I see, he says, uh, well, yes, it, it won't happen again. I've had words. I've apologised to Steve. Well, <sighs> next day, not the fact that we'd won Villa 4-1, played the grass. It was me all over at Sunday papers. He cost me 28 quid in Sunday newspapers that day to take to my mother's for her scrapbook. Every paper, DJ forces apology. And I think, oh, God, you know, what What have I done now? I think one word, unfortunately. See, now, with, but, and this is, this is what I mean about, you know, and this is with all absolute, all total respect, but I think there's a difference between people like you, Gary, who have done it at you know, the proper end of football as opposed yeah. to the glitz and glamour end. Do you know what I mean? So so you've got, I mean, you know, I've, I've only ever done the championship in the Premier League. Al obviously has only ever done the Premier League. Um, have we mentioned that, Al? Uh, we haven't really dropped that in recently, no. Once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this penalties, by the way? That was just... Uh... Oh no! Oh, oh I. Hang on. How long's that one taken? Eight, eight and a half minutes. Oh, that's good. We're on two digs already. I'm storing down. these up, mate. I'm storing these up. Hello. I, I hope we get you in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's but, but but essentially that is because you could ease not you could easily maybe not as much now but certainly our role has changed when we are you know yes. representing the club. We're not we're not. We're almost not a DJ anymore. We're almost like a club spokesman, aren't we? And and you well, can't. It feels like you can't do those because because we've all probably had those things go through our head, and and cut them out. We are in such a privileged position. And again, I, I try and make it humorous. I mean, if you're going to be deadpan, it's it's not interesting. You'll not get people's attention. Sometimes, if you can create. A bit of personality around the job it makes it so much easier and and i think you get better thought of and i because of my longevity with the club i'm, I'm the longest serving servant at the club by some miles now uh, due to uh bereavement and you know i'm i'm, I'm there i'm the sort of granddaddy of the club if you like <laughs> but i do uh by the fans i i attend 15, 20 funerals a year. I am an ambassador. I, I treat myself as an and the club treat me as an ambassador for Sheffield United, and I do it with honour and with pride and with dignity. And you know, some of the uh, saddest announcements. Uh, again, I've been uh, credited and praised, if I think this is the word, for the way I've handled the situation. And certainly when you are making announcements about bereavements and tragedies, then you have to really be on your game. And it's not for the um, inexperienced. I mean, some of the announcements I've had to make, the passing of Gary Speed, uh, the the death of Derek Dooley, uh, it's, you know, dear friends and... uh, the number one supporter for Sheffield United, wonderful lad called Shred, who I had two heroes in the 70s. One was Shred, who was the cop leader. Uh, not a violent man, he was just a, a drinking man, and, and he used to start all the chat, his name was Curry. So I had two heroes, Shred and 
uh, Tony Curry, when Shred passed away and I had to read it out, I, I, I really had to get my thoughts together and, and get my emotions together. There were three and a half thousand at his funeral. There was a cortege past the ground and he was so well loved. And it's when you have to do things like that, then you've got to be the ultimate professional and be totally Mr. Sensible. You can't, you know. But, you know, a good pro will know the boundaries anyway. Yeah, and you'll know where you can and where you can't. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, It's just... I suppose frustrating sometimes that we know the fans are thinking it. We know if we were in any other situation with those fans, we'd say it. But it just mm. feels like sometimes you can't. Yeah, the, 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 and again, it's light-hearted as well. I mean, in like um, they, they know. I whenever we there's two teams in Sheffield. There's Sheffield United, of course, and there's a team named after a midweek day. And every time they ever visit. <laughs> Bramall Lane, that word beginning with W has never, ever, ever been mentioned. They are referred to as the visitors, mm-hmm. wow. the fans, the, the travelling fans. Yes. And yeah. Paul, Paul Jewell once st- stood, at, I'm stood next to me at Duggan and I'm giving it some what for, I'm winding them up terrible. It's like, you know, I'm reading Betty Nods Out and that says, and uh, for the away team to win, I just says it says uh, S-Y-N. I said, oh, yes, save your money. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he just turned around to me and says, you're a right wind-up merchant, you, aren't you? I says, you know what, Paul, coming from you, I shall say that as the ultimate clump compliment. He says, I wish we'd got you, kid. He says, he says, you're good. He says, but you don't have to wind them up. And then uh, you, you, you can just have a laugh. Here's a good one for you. Win- winter games, dark nights. Just make up a registration number and say, this car, you've, you've left your lights on. That's all you have to say. And then you leave it off for now and you read it out. You say, don't matter, they've gone out now. <laughs> do, you still, do you still do that at weeknights? you still do that at weeknights? Every, yeah, well, we used to. You, know, the lower, you, you have to be a bit more careful now. I mean, like... <laughs> Uh, that's what I mean though don't you miss how much do you miss being able to do all of those without worry of any comeback (laughs) I mean it's like last year when when we were honoured and it was you know I say honoured not so much an honour to watch us get relegated but in the pandemic where we were all there because we, we know the safety routines and that's why I was there you know whether the ground's got 30 you know 30,000 I, I have to be there and uh, just sat watching in front of an empty stadium and a zilch atmosphere and yet you, you're still trying your best <laughs> they commented on Sky said bless him he's trying his best but there's still no fans here you know but when, when they can accept that you are still trying to because we wanted it as normal as possible. The yeah, fact, you know, the players wanted that, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, oh, it's a very difficult year. But yeah. No, you're right. You're right. We 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 spoke about with a few of the guys. Some of them who've been in. Some of them who weren't. You know, some of the guys were were in still. Some of them were back at home. I was back at home because we had uh, Matt up in the in the booth with the security guys who would just play the tunes and do the stuff. And all my stuff was done pitch side. So we we scrapped it. I only got back to things like the this season. Didn't you go to the matches then? No, couldn't get in. No, well, wasn't used, wasn't used. So I, I missed, I missed the whole thing. But we spoke, you know, we spoke to guys who were there. Um, you know, we spoke to Mike, the Crystal Palace guy, last week. Who up and you know, when Palace score, they do the goal call, they do the scorer callback. So he will say, Christian, 
then the fans will say Benteke. Yeah. And he still did that, even though there were no fans in. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what the players are using. That's I've what... thought about the idea. I, I, I just, I've, I've, I've toyed with it and I've never got around to doing it. It's just a bit continental. Well, yeah, uh... and we spoke about it, didn't we, Al? We spoke about people yeah. trying to do the callback. And I think you've either got to have always done it or don't do yep. it. I think introducing no, it surely is the hardest thing. Yeah. I've never played glad all over ever again in my DJ career, thanks to playing Palace in playoffs. <laughs> 90th minute at Wembley. I'm, yeah. I'm feeling glad all over. Golly, golly. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what's been um, your best moments, sort of, when you look back and you think, wow, you know, I've been part of the relegation, I've been part of sort of the promotion, you've been at Wembley, you've like you say, Sheffield United, what a club, the legends, the history. You've got everything there, mate. When you look back at all those years, what what would you say was one of the main highlights and what's been one of the main disappointments? The real highlights has been the camaraderie, getting to know players who, over the years, I still in touch with uh, heroes I've worshipped on the pitch that... Uh, if they come back as guests, <laughs> God, are you still here? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and making friends that way, the real highlights and the privileges, the first time we, um, obviously, when stadium announcers are asked to represent the club at Wembley, or as in my case, it turned out, Millennium, because they played the playoff finals at the Millennium Stadium mm-hmm. while Wembley was getting rebuilt. And standing on the pitch representing your team. I mean, you must have done it so many times. Uh, uh, Alan, not Alan. me. <laughs> uh, but that first moment and then the first time, I, I I never in my life thought I would see Sheffield United at Wembley. It, right. it was, back in the sort of 70s, 80s, it was like a pipe dream, you know. And then, of course, with the advent of the playoffs and and, and you know, we had good cup runs and it, when you stood on that pitch at Wembley, I, I tried to find the spot where Jeff Hurst was, you know, and I think, right, I want to be on that spot and just just stand there and just say, I'm here. I can't believe it. Me, Gaza, I'm stood on the spot where Jeff Hurst whacked it. Yeah. I think it's all over. Yeah. It is now. And, and for me, it was just a magical moment. And talking to our fans, the, the girl, first time I did it, the girl from Sky Sports, she says, here's the microphone. Go and introduce your teams. If you get nervous, just give me the mic back. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're not expecting to see me again, sweetheart, are you? <laughs> We're off. <laughs> Oh, we're off to Blades then, that were it. She yeah. never saw me again. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it's um, it's had amazing privilege. I, I've, you know, been on tour with the club in Malta and uh, special days. Um, <laughs> there are, Chris, Chris Wilder's years were absolutely brilliant. He's such a, an amazing guy. It had such a sad ending. Uh, but his glory years, and we had a town hall party, a town hall reception. You, again, Alan, you'll have had plenty of those, won't you? Yeah, one or, one or two, yeah, 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 yeah. And so, of course, all the teams invited to the town hall, and I'm on the balcony. And and this balcony, you know, you can get three people on it. 
but it's overlooking, you know, the town hall. You get you you there. You and I said, I'm welcoming the players. Well, they all wants to come out in there. So one of the players, he comes out. He stood on the edge, and his wife shouting, "Get back in! You've got children." <laughs> <laughs> And Chris Wilder nearly fell off the open top bus with the cup because he'd had that much. He'd been at last with the Peroni all afternoon, along with all the players who were absolutely smashed. And I'd got a live link to the players, and, and they said, Gary, uh, do the interview, and you're through to the bus. I said, You don't seriously think what could possibly go wrong? Said, oh, look, we, we've got connection problems, we can't do it because none of them could speak. It was just brilliant. And they, they get sent the lines up on the tiny old steps. And Chris Wilder nicks the mayor's hat, <laughs> throws it back. <laughs> so then all the players are like, past the hat game, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, was just Ill. It, it was just brilliant to be part of it. And, and, and again, it, we, are, we are very, very lucky people. Now, if you don't know about the Shoot Music Stadium chart, then you should. It's all about the new releases that are playing out across the nation's football grounds and sports stadiums, and it's compiled using official Shoot Music DJ download data. Stereophonics, hanging on your hinges, has been at the top for the last few weeks, but Ed Sheeran Shivers is pretty close at number two. He's been hanging in there for four weeks already. Biffy Clyro, Coldplay, Tom Grennan all make up the top five. But there are all sorts of tunes that Shoot Music are always sending out. And here are just three of them that I'm taking a look at for you this week. So this is London-based alternative rockers Sad Boys Club. Uh, they've got an EP out, which is I'm Not Afraid of the Death, and the lead track from it is called White Heart Lane. Yeah, they're Spurs fans, and this is an ode to the often difficult life of a Tottenham Hotspur supporter. Now, as far as I'm concerned, obviously this goes down pretty well. Could sample it elsewhere across the ground, but this for me is one that you should keep probably for early doors just before your atmosphere starts building. I'm so happy it hurts. Now this is Brian Adams' latest tune. His album coming out in October is called So Happy It Hurts. Uh, And this tune is classic Brian Adams, isn't it? Yes. It's got the formula, it's got his voice, and it works so well. And there's a bit of atmosphere about this one, so as far as I'm concerned, this is your build-up banger. Stick it on in the build-up to kick off. And now on to the tune I think is Walkout Worthy. I think someone somewhere could use this as the tune their teams walk out to. It's by the Sherlocks, and this is World I Understand. So remember, look on social media for sport playlists, and you can find out loads about what shoot music do. And if you're not getting tunes from them that should be part of the playlists of football grounds and sports stadiums up and down the nation, then get in touch with them.
talk a little bit about your music. Talk about your match day music and, and how that's come to, you know, the things that have become tradition and, 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 you know, how you use them on a match day. There are certain Sheffield United songs and every now and again we revert to a bit of nostalgia. Uh, there's Lynn Anderson, Rose Garden, and again, people think, why, why the heck are we playing that? But that was our 72 promotion year song. Right. And I beg your pardon, I never promise you a rose garden. Um, Tony Curry, Limmy and Family Cooking, You Can Do Magic, because that's TC's song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we revert to that. And then Judas Priest, United. Uh, and then through the years, um, we've had certain songs that, I mean, Casey and the Sunshine, we've got Billy Shaw, we've got Billy. You know, it, it's. I think the last two years has been phenomenal for the fans being creative. I don't know if that was a yoga. We chart songs and they've suddenly uh, tailorized them oh. to, to certain players. It's amazing. Yeah, very good. The best example we've had on the pod so far is uh, Will Griggs on Fire from uh, Liam at Wigan. Because that was brilliant. And of course, and the best thing is, is, is that the guy, you know, in the position that we're in, as soon as you know yeah. about that, you can whack it on. And you yeah. know he's guaranteed, guaranteed, you know, result and response with that at the moment. Yeah. It's just, you know. And, of course, Annie's song. I, I, I am responsible for that uh, being played at the start of each game and at the start of half-time. And, and it was Kevin Blackmore. He says, how can we live G up just before kick-off? And I says, well, you know, we always used to play Annie's song. You know, you fill up my senses like a gallon of magnet. It's our Sheffield United song. Uh, but I thought, how can we... You know, and it had not lost its way, but it it wasn't getting the recognition of our anthem. And I thought, well, you know, let's play it just before kickoff, but play the opening bars, let John Denver sing, you fill up my senses, and let the crowd see if it carries on. And sure enough, they did, and they loved it. And then I'd, the first away match I went to, they, they started doing it again. I thought, oh, hang on, we're onto something this. And so that is... Uh, you know, now every game uh, without fail. And we just say, and, and the commentator saying, yeah, get ready to listen to this. It's going to be loud. Yeah. And and you can hear it all, you know, and I say, you know, you, you're not only playing to a TV audience. Now you've got to remember, you're playing to a worldwide TV audience. And you can must never forget that. Mm-hmm. And and you, you, the name of our club, Sheffield United, is out there. Yeah. And... Uh, following a skirt with the Premier League then yeah even out there even more always helps now I think you're the only uh, announcer we've spoken to so far who has officially registered in the music charts uh-huh. from what I can tell so just just give us a story about what how you ended up uh, in the- it was back in 2003 and we, we had a player called Peter Unlove and came from Coventry and you know, the fans inherit the song, Peter Love, Peter Love, and obviously Piranhas, Tom Hark, and then he scored a wonder goal against Leeds. Well, anybody scoring a goal against Leeds gets praise. But I don't know, I, for one reason or another, I just played the Tom Hark intro when he'd scored, and the crowd went nuts. I said, oh, play again, play again, next time he scores, play again. And uh, so we did do, and it... I then made a longer version of the intro, just, you know, and I just looped it. I thought, this, you know, this has got promise, this. And so I went to a friend of mine 
uh, Richard Lee at Music Factory. I says, Richard, I've got this balmy idea. Can I make a record? He says, oh, God, what now? And, and I says, I want to make this uh, song. He says, what are you going to call it? I says, well, we just call it Dur 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 song. That's all they sing, Dur Dur Dur. <laughs> so I made a group up called the Gaz Band. I made a record label up called Chad Ben, which was named after Charlie, Adam and Ben, my kids. And we printed this record. And he says at the time, there's, there's, you know, a run of a thousand. So you've got some financial. I said, I'm about to get me on record. I'll, I said, I'll buy a thousand. I'm not bothered. And <laughs> so we we came up with this record, and and it was I've got to say it was brilliant. And we got the uh, saxophonist. We got Paul Carrick saxophonist Steve Payne, who's who's one of top saxophonists in the country, and he put his take on it. <laughs> And Rich went, we've got something here. So we announced we were going to release it. And the club shop says, yeah, we'll take a hundred of your thousand. That's very good, then. So first Saturday, it's on sale. They're queuing up round club shop to sign for me to sign it. I went, what's happening here? And I'd already been in HMV begging Andy, manager. I says, Andy, do, do you want... 20 of these, oh, gears off of I said, no, take, take 20. Just, he said, well, put it on now. So I put it on thing, and within two minutes, he'd sold all 20 copies. He said, you better send me another 100. <laughs> well, it went on. We only sold it for two weeks, and we sold out all 2,000 in two weeks. And he says, Gary, you are the biggest selling CD single in HMV's history in Sheffield. And they, they put it through the chart system, you know, and entered it. And he says, you, you're number 76 in charts. We've had the chart company on the phone to us asking if we fiddle these figures because gone in at 76 on the sales of one record shop. Because I, I was naive. I'd just give them exclusivity on it. Yeah. And he says, if you'd have done it on every shop, he says, you'd have had a number one single on your hand. And mm. uh, since then, I mean, it, it's not <laughs> – we, we've got uh, – Somebody decided to sell inflatable saxophones. So at grounds, they were all kids. Every time we were playing record, they were they were all kidding me. <laughs> I pin badges done, and it, oh, it was just it was just so it was a balmy time. And, and of course, when we got to the uh, playoff final, this is what what song are you going to play if you if, if you win? I said that's got to be that, but we didn't got tanked. So never got played. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, was that it? Did you did you did you like? Dismiss it into the history well, we used from there. It for a few years, I think about three, four years. But it, then we, we had other clubs. We had Glasgow Rangers wanting to use it. Twickenham played it, still play it, still played now on cricket matches. And it just became synonymous with, you know, a goal scoring tune or a celebration tune. And what about what about what about tunes in general then? Because we always like to talk about everybody's. 255 moment and how they sort of in that 15 minutes to kick up build up to um, the five minutes where you bring the teams out and all the music you use there how's it how's it work with you our, our uh so is dahul meets her at the love parade yeah and that uh the nevy makes it's just brilliant it's boom 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 and and it the people in the nearby pubs that's listening to the music no hang on sup up it's nearly kick off yeah and uh, when we played Deadly Avenger, we took Pelham as a as a great and, and Sky News nicked that off me as well. Uh, Sky Sports that one bit 
uh, it's a brilliant piece of music. Uh, but then the We Took Pelham. And then our run-out music this year's changed. Uh, we've oh. got Wolfman, Joker and the Thief uh, to run out. And, and if you've not heard it, no. Google Google that one. Oh, awesome tune. I don't why, why, why have you got that? I'll, I, I will stick it on. I will add it on. But why, why interestingly, have you changed? Because obviously, you know, some clubs have the same no matter what. Others change. We, yeah. Well, for years, years, we had, I, I, I just given the job of picking it and I chose Star Wars because I don't know about you guys think about walkout music. You've got 35 seconds to make impact because that's the time it takes yeah, yeah, to come yeah. out of the tunnel line up, and then that's it. The moment's gone. Yeah. So you've got to have something anthemic. So I said to them, uh, I said, look, it's got to have no, word, no words in it, no lyrics. It's got to be anthemic. It's got to build up. It's got to have some balls to it. And for years, years, we used Star Wars, main thing, because it's it's a triumphant marching out, and it, and it was recognised, no other club, and I says, and no other club's got to use it. I said, so I don't want fanfare of the common man, whoever uses that, I'm not being disrespectful, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't want some, or simply the best. I says, are you having a laugh? You know, I says, so let's be different. <laughs> anyway, so that all changed when, when Chris Wilder arrived, because that got... got Rocketed and and uh, Chris had Kasabian, uh, and that was, uh, was great. We even played it to one of the band members was in the uh, crowd when uh, we were playing Leicester, and they obviously a Leicester band. And uh, I'm thinking, oh my god, I hope he's not going to start tapping door for royalties. But uh, and then this year, um, we so, so right, well, what what Slav want uh, Jukanovic and yeah. his backroom team, and they came up with this one. Wolfman, Joker and the Thief. Okay. And he's absolutely brilliant. And that... Trust me, in a stadium sound system, sounds yeah, I bet it the old swingy bits. It yeah. is just awesome. And uh, hey. even the referee came to me last Saturday. He says, what's that tune you play when you come out? He says, I want to put it on my Spotify. Well, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. You'd keep that handy. I'd have that on my running playlist like a shot. Yeah. Or, you know, you'd, you'd get up yeah. in the morning playlist or whatever. Well, it's feel good tune. Feel yeah. good. Have you, have you, and then have you, you get all the fans. Guys, what's that song? What's that song? Yeah, so yeah. posting yeah. on Facebook and uh, yeah. And what and what about so so take us up to that moment then? So you've got you've got your exact words. You say what do you say is like you know how does it work? You wait to see the players hovering in the tunnel. Have you got a certain phrase you say every time they come out? Or every match, it's welcome to beautiful downtown Bramall Lane the oldest professional football stadium in the world. Uh, welcome the visitors. Uh, uh, make some noise for Slavs, Red and White Wizards, Sheffield United. Nice. And is, is it always kind of insert manager's nickname here? So, Slav. Yeah, Chris Wilde. I, I once made the mistake of <laughs> a, a tribute to Alan Nil. <laughs> Again. Uh, I said Chris Wilder and Alan Mills red and white was and, and I got a message it's Chris Wilder's red Chris and white Wilder's. okay <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it was a one-off but it yeah. uh, 
But yes, yeah, so Slav and he, he loves it. And uh, it's interesting. I've had some brilliant relationships with managers. Some you get on so well, and others they, they just so folk they all just got their own little clicky circle. You don't actually get in it. So uh, what what is, what is he like, uh, Jakanovic? Again. Uh, I've not really got to know him well in, in total honesty. I've, I've met him and, and we say hello and congratulated him Saturday, you know, the post-match interviews and press and stuff. But uh, I've not had a sort of in-depth conversation with him. But, uh, I, I mean, Chris Wilder, Dave Bassett, Neil Warner, special, special, special memories. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who's been your favourite, like, you know, for, the, for being the character... Gaz, you know, like Chris, not necessarily. Chris Wilder, number one by far. Well, I say by far. Dave Bassett and then Neil, probably in that order. <laughs> what What was Neil like? Because he comes over as such a character, and we've seen the videos and the effing and jeffing in the changing room, and, Neil and all is, this, and Neil. you know, he, he just comes over as an absolute character. He's he's a football man. He, I mean, I, he should have retired years ago. <laughs> I, I went. Uh, I went down uh, <laughs> when he lost his job at Sheffield United. I, I was booked to do his wedding anniversary down in Devon at his home in Devon. And uh, he says, what, what is it? He says, it's sack or survival or a wedding anniversary. Call it what you like. He says, but come down, Gaz. And, and I went down and he goes, fantastic marquee on the bike. Beautiful home. And it, it, Neil's party was full of his best mates, a car salesman. He's in touch with all his old mates. He's still not lost touch on that. Beautiful wife, Sharon. William and Amy, kids. And, and uh, a beautiful house with a, a lake and a little island jetting out on it. And I says, Joe, what? I says, what are you footballing? What are you prattling about? I says, you, you just want to sit on there and fish. Football or golf, and on his back, behind the fishing lake, he's got a golf course. So he says, "Are you having a knock before you go home?" I says, "Well, I says, have you got any left hand?" I'm left-handed. He says, oh, "I've got." It. He says, "I've got, I've got right-handed clubs." I says, "Well, it's only like a par three, par three course." I said, "Yeah, so." I says, "So, uh, I'll just chuck me a wedge, and we'll, we'll have a go with that." Then, so I'm, I'm on the first tee, playing right-handed. Dink, all in one. Get no, he's lad William Get went running down and he's he, he, he he's gone. He's got. I says, go, go and see if he's in that hole, will you, William? And he's going running down. He says, Gaza, I can't believe it. He says, all players, everybody who's been here played. He says, you played cack handed and that first hole, you just dinged it in. And I've never had one ever before or since. But uh, I says, I'm going to send you a plaque, you know, all in one board, Neil. And, and I think my name would still be only one on it. Yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. But he's he's a lo- lovely, lovely man, and, and yeah. he, he's a very funny man. Very oh funny. yeah, but uh, temper. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that. We do know that. Is, would you, yeah. is is that is that the best experience being the stadium announcer has led to? Do you reckon the most surreal? I suppose one of the more surreal experiences yeah. that it's led to. That's what I mean. Well, when I write my book, I, the rips will fly out. I can just see it now. It, it, it's You hear, you must be the same. You must hear stuff that your average fans don't hear, but it's close shop, and it? What stays in the ground stays in the ground. <laughs> and you, it's got to be that way. You know, people say, have you heard this, have you heard this? And, uh, and I just say, no, I 
take a backward step to it. Yeah. It's um, you know. It's where, just... where where are you positioned on a match day then, Gary? Where where's your actual position? Are you in front of the dugout? Are you a bit behind it? Yeah, oh right, I'm, I'm on the pitch, just uh, the halfway line. Uh, so so the fans can see me, you know, uh, and then watching the match, I, I just sit first few rows of the director's box. But, uh, and you do, do you do the announcements from up there then? I do the announcements from it's well, it's not up there. I'm I'm only about twelve rows back, so I've got a great. Right. View. I'm on the halfway line, right. uh, and you know it, it's a great view. Yeah. Uh, I don't have my tellies anymore because that's a sky, you know. Premier League facility, my boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, as I know, yeah. He has this season as well. He's only just this season got his own television this season. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. How cool is that, though? You know, when when I first got it, I'm oh, wicked. I said, can you get golf on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this is no, he's, he's a monitor. It's not a TV. You, you know, you, you can't be watching Repair Shop on it. <laughs> Play back. Say, more use during the during the week. I'd say there's not there's not really much else on the Saturday afternoon if you're there for yeah. a game, is there? But during the week you might have something. Bit of bake off on Tuesday, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Don't do bake. Do you um do, here's the point. So when you when you're up on when you're up in director's box there, um during the game, when you yeah. announce goals or, or anything else, do you stand up? No. Okay, stay stay where you are. I just say there's no need to stand up. It's not, you know, it, it's an announcement. You know, it's it's. I don't rush to pitch side and stand on halfway line. And, even, uh, even if it's a ninety-second minute winner, it, or you could tell, you could tell last Saturday I was excited. Okay, uh, <laughs> you know, Billy, Billy Sharp, yeah. Yeah. and and when the away score, you just go, oh, <laughs> score. Yeah, yeah. Smith, you know, yeah, Monday so very quickly. <laughs> There's a notable change in the vocals. We we had we had my first uh, last minute winner for a long time that I can remember. Uh, Saturday just gone. Uh, sorry, no, because it was Friday night, wasn't it? It was Friday night just gone against uh, mm. uh, against QPR. And it was an 80, 88th minute winner. Oh, can't beat it! Can't oh. beat it! First time, you know, we 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 we, we joked. We, I was joking with Joe, my floor manager at the time. I said, if we score with like a couple of minutes left to go. Um, Val's going to be running down the touchline again like he did against Peterborough. Because that night, remember, he sprinted down the touchline. I thought, he's going to be off again. And then we got <laughs> we got, we got sucked into it, watched it come over and score. And, you know, we're luckily, luckily we're, I'm very lucky that I'm in, allowed to be in the red zone with a few people, so we're there in the tunnel. So Yeah, it's, it's nice to get a oh. you know, red, red zone pass and that. It's, um, so where do you sit, Alan? Because... Uh, I always wonder with the Old Trafford. Are you in a box or no? Um, well, I'm very fortunate because basically, um, you've probably seen it if you've been to Old Trafford or whatever. But the the players' sort of dugout. It's a built-up area. Um, it's not flat, sort of on the level of the eye line of the pitch. So they're above it. So you've got the the home one and you've got the away one. And we actually have the old players' tunnel in the middle. Um, so I actually position, position myself in normal times there out of the way because obviously if I'm over near where they go in and out on the steps, then you end up being in the camera shot. And when Fergie was the manager, he very very rarely came down, so it was a good position to stand. But then as I learned to my own sort of dissatisfaction, when um, Jose Mourinho became the manager, he forever stood in the technical area, so unbeknown to me, I'm in every shot behind him, looking like a right miserable 
devil because you know you're just there aren't you so anyway i learned to move to go in the middle so that's where my normal position was but at the moment i'm actually in the seated area to the left of what would be the away dugout so i hear everything that's going on with them now at the moment and so since lockdown that's where i've been positioned so i'm not i'm not still allowed into the into the red zone per se i think that might change in the next few weeks actually I'm, i'm i'm hearing a little sort of a whisper within the club that i may be allowed back into what is now the red zone so but as you as you've said it and and you know we all sing off the same hymn sheet guys you've said it a few times today and I can really mirror what you're saying. We're so privileged and so fortunate and lucky to be involved and, you know, your longevity with the club. I mean, you know, 21 years for me, it's just incredible and it's an an amazing experience and I love it. I still love it as much as I did the very first day. Can you ever see a, a situation where we reciprocate for best practice or, or you come to our ground, we go to your ground. Has, has that ever been discussed amongst our clan? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll jump in here. Um, I know many, many years ago, I think I think a fan wrote into the club and actually asked, you know, why would we not invite the away announcer? And um, I know it got short sort of thrift at Old Trafford to say, well, hang on a minute, you know, we'd, why would we bring in the away announcer to sort of get his lot going uh, in our stadium, yeah. you know? So I don't think it'll ever happen at Old Trafford, but I do love the Wembley bit where there's a cup final and, you know, you meet the lads. I mean, I've met, as, as Rich knows, and we've had them on here, i met loads of the lads who've done Wembley cup finals and, you know, yeah. it's been a brilliant experience both being in a final and meeting the away announcer or, or just being the announcer at Wembley and meeting the two lads, you know, and it, it's been fantastic. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, Rich and I, this podcast has been brilliant, you know, and hopefully you can recommend a few of the lads who we can get on as well, you know, and just get our own little club together, which is brilliant, and then start visiting each other's grounds. You know, that's something we want to do. We had uh, the, the guy who does uh, the midweek club, uh, them that's in... La Liga. They one. haven't. They haven't come up seriously. You've had them in. No, no, no. Uh, we we got invited. There's a, a Sheffield TV station, Sheffield Live. So th- they thought it'd be a good idea to get us both on. But uh, I think it's yeah. Alan Biggs, journalist. So he, he knew. You know, he's just getting us on to wind each other up. But. Um, well, we, we we did we have had so far one Derby episode of this podcast where we had Alan and uh, Alex from uh, from the blue half of Manchester. Uh, uh, I, I've got, I've got to be honest; they were both they were both gentlemen. They were they were both gentlemanly, and you know treated each other with the utmost respect. Um, yeah. But you know we we've toyed with other Derby ideas, but is it is it fair to say we should scrap the Sheffield one? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's never happening. One thing you alluded to earlier is, is like, you know, how is what's the biggest change? The biggest change is, is obviously in the equipment and the quality and, and the fact that we can now be heard better than we've ever been hurt before, you know, for, for those of us who are long in the tooth. Not, not according it, to some of the ones in the smith again at West Brom. At the minute, <laughs> I mean, some some of the grounds where they're using the old tannoy systems, oh, and you you, them, you yeah. do feel for them, and, and 
I'm, I'm always fascinated. Every time I go away, I'm, I'm sort of looking. I've got because at one time at Sheffield United, I, I joined the staff and I was head of sales and marketing. So I, I always had an interest in other grounds and best practice and how they advertise and and you know this quality of. And I can always remember going to Sunderland and hearing that uh, you know opening music. And and the sound system was just something else uh, but um, no it does have an impact no you're right you're right I mean if, and if you look at you know on Blumenet you know depending on where you go at the minute we had, we had uh, Dickie Dodds from Wolves on in the first season you know and they're one of the first people we've seen to start using blooming you know the flamethrowers at the side of the match and all the pyrotechnics involved in in the pre-match you know and everything everyone people try yeah. and use to create that atmosphere you know videos and big screens that you know We've got a, a sound to light show that with yeah. all our new lighting system that cost a million quid. Hey. The first time we put that, I'll send you the link. It is fantastic. It does look fantastic. Uh, but they've done it with mind for, you know, hosting boxing matches and other yeah. events because yeah. it, it, it's a stadium now, you know, the, the, sooner or later they've got to find other revenue fields and, and uh, right. revenue streams. So they'll, they'll be using it and, and, putting it to good use and obviously the, the Premier League we've got the Deso pitch so we've got the same pitch as Wembley the facilities have changed beyond recognition in my, even in my time uh, from the press box the PA box the equipment we use the quality of the mixers and everything else and uh, they look at me going out because I'm a bit of a relic so I'll occasionally yeah. take odd CD in you know that, and they're all on sticks and, and uh, yeah. downloads and I'm going ah oh, no look at this not a CD. Get it on. Oh. <laughs> uh, get had, the vinyl back. Get a vinyl back. Yeah, yeah. Um, we, we had we had some lads get in touch about um, crazy half time activity. Uh, I read a message on the, the Facebook page from one of the guys up in Scotland who once had uh, a couple sitting in a hot tub as part of their half time activity yeah. through a sponsor's activity. Any any anything you sort of stood there and slightly can't quite believe what you're doing at half time. I was the star of a Channel 4 programme, sir. This is like, uh, what, was it, what was it called? Balls, balls of Steel? Or Channel 4, Google it, Balls of Steel. But what it was, this girl was planted next to this guy, uh, just an ordinary Joe, sat with his girlfriend. Uh, so Channel 4 planted around this guy... All the all the fake fans, all the microphones, so they were picking everything up. So this gorgeous blonde starts chatting up um, this guy. Oh God, you're gorgeous, and, yeah, and he's obviously uncomfortable. So she starts stroking his leg. Well, you know, and they're filming this all, and, and he's going through. It gets half time. She runs on the pitch comes running to me, all planned, of course. What, what are you doing? What do you want? Well, I need to make an announcement. So she grabs the microphone and goes running over to this kid. Will you marry me? I know we've only known each other for 45 minutes, but I, I, I need to know. Look, you're the man. It, you're just doing it for me. And, oh, and will you marry me? And all the crowd's going, what's happening? <laughs> obviously, then it... it it's like mortified this kid. Oh, <laughs> like it was pri priceless, and he's going, "No, no, go away!" Go away. <laughs> 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 
And then eventually, when we pumped him all on the big screen, he realised he'd been set up. Uh, it, it just brilliant. It was balls of steel. Wow. Channel Four. Like a, yeah, like a uh, wind-up show. I get that. So, yeah, stitch up. So funny. Nice. Yeah. Um, also, also, I just mentioned Alex Kirkley of Man City. I was watching one of the Champions League games he did the other week, and he had to announce, sort of like with ten minutes to go, that the free bus to the city centre wasn't running, and the cr- it was hilarious. You know, the whole of the Etihad, like, boo, boo. I thought it was brilliant. I don't know if you have any announcements that you sometimes have had to do, but you know, are not going to go down well. Two, two favourites. One, and. Uh... I had to make an announcement. Would the owner of a car that was parked in Bay 298 please go to Bay 198, apply handbrake, and write an apology note on the car that is just rolling? <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. Honestly, it was brilliant. Uh, True, true. Story. Oh, and then uh, would the owner of a red Ferrari and about three thousand blokes stood up and I went in your dreams, yeah. like. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you never get booed for an announcement, do you, Al? Apart from taking the penalty, Bruno Fernandez. Well, yeah, um, not that I'm aware of. I'm sure I've been booed many, many times, oh, okay. but uh, not nothing as personal as Gary and uh, his fan base. <laughs> oh, but uh, no, no, there's been a few tricky announcements, but no, not not at that level. How do you go on, Alan? With I mean, you're obviously playing uh, foreign teams far more than we we once played a Greek team in a friendly. Oh. And I swear oh. to God, I was still reading team out ten minutes into the game, <laughs> and. and this is Dropple Doctor, and I'm thinking of that famous, you know, I don't know if you have Tizer. Tizer used to be like a, a, a fizzy drink that, you know, you come round with Tizer. Yeah, yeah. And, and I felt like, number 10, drop a bottle of pop off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always it's always three for the price of one, isn't it, with those names, Jobba Lopaloff and everything, yeah. Uh-huh. Play with longest name, long tons on up a load lossless. Yeah, he substituted it, and I went. I was dreading you coming off. <laughs> coming off number eight. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we've had a few. I've had a few of them, and uh, it's always very difficult because, like you say, I mean, the first thing I do when the Champions League draw comes out in the teams, I just record all the games beforehand, and I just keep replaying what the how the you know Martin Tyler or whoever else it might be, you know, whoever's working on the game, the commentary, and I just keep playing it back. And if I've got to write it phonetically, I write it, you know. So, yeah, I do that. That's, that's yeah, good. but, but the, the Greek ones and even some of the Russian ones can be a bit tricky, you know, because you've got so many silent letters in there. But, yeah, you're right, Gaz, the, the Greek ones are the biggest nightmare. <laughs> So, um, you, you, using all, I, I want to get this this final little question in, Gaz. Using all of your all years right. of experience and and time doing it and and everything else in there at, at United, um, what what would you say makes a a good stadium announcer? Oh, great question. Uh, simple answer: a fan with the microphone. It's you've got to have passion for the club. You can't just turn up with a DJ voice. You, you get sussed. It's if you've got passion for what you're watching, you've got a, a professionalism about you, and you strive to make that job. You, you are. I mean, I got, you know, thirty-two thousand are listening to your every word. 
it is a hell of a responsibility. So you have to take it seriously when it needs. But then again, we are entertainers by nature. So we must be cut a bit of slack for, you know, amusing moments. And again, the fans can hear the abject disappointment in my voice if we've let a goal in or, and, or a last minute, you know, we've got stiffed in the last minute. But they know when we've watched a good game and I'm like up for it. And I, I, I'm very, very privileged and fortunate. I, I, I've been everything from directors level down. I, I've supported them on the cop. So the, the fans relate to me, which is a nice thing. I drink with them. I go to away matches. I sit. I, I love away matches because it, I can be me. I can be a fan again. You know, I let loose like everybody else and have a beer and love, you know, going and I love visiting other grounds and, and having that experience. And then it's, it's then you hear and you appreciate the job of the stadium announcer and you think, do you know what? I'm a lucky lad, me, mm. and and I am, and I've always described myself as the fan with the mic. I'm the lucky one. Yeah, I've got the job. Thirty-one thousand others would die for. Yeah, right. Other than pulling a shirt on, there's eleven players. There's one stadium announcer. <laughs> Too right, mate. And that is, and we're in, we're in the seat. Yeah, imagine it's that. our job. Amazing, mate. Thank you very much. I'm going to. Uh, Love that. I'm going to put it every minute, Alan. Listen, mate, it's been a real pleasure and I'm glad we got it together at long last because uh, you are a legend and uh, you're part of the folklore of the announcer world. So listen, mate, uh, we look forward to coming down to see you at Bramall Lane sometime right. in the near future. You're welcome anytime, mate. Or, or, and as for you, Rich, thank you for the uh, honour of appearing on your webcast and uh, it's been it's been a ball, mate, been a laugh. That's what it's all that's about. What it should be, mate. That's it's what, what it should about. be. It's what it's all about. You know, we, we've, like you said, we've got incredible jobs. We're very lucky and it's just great to share the stories and the practice and everything else with everyone. It's brilliant. Have a good one, fellas. It's up been to, a pleasure. Hope to see you in the Premier League next year, fellas. Oh, Both yeah, of you. Yeah. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, yes. Alan. Loved it. Thanks a lot. Take care.